Beginning Transmission 51. Lady Killer. Philander. Women Empowerment. この番組は、ポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。さんたん。さん。Each so welcome to the funny books and firewater podcast uh we are in our month of uh strong female characters uh <laughs> leg spreader notwithstanding uh <laughs> lovely thing to start that out with but uh this week we are reading lady killer and as we previously mentioned we are missing one member but we do have three out of the four of us so we will start out with adam hey what's up everyone this is adam up in uh, salt lake city i write movie reviews for big shiny robot i also do a podcast with andy wilson hi, hi andy, andy. Who, uh, it's really cool because like, even though this is weeks in the future, this is the week of Fan X for us up here. So, uh, Andy will be in my house in a couple days. That'll be kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, do movie reviews. And as I was telling Brian earlier, uh, I learned from work that no good deed goes unpunished. And if you do your job well enough, you will get called in on your vacation to do other people's jobs. Yay! Yay! So, yeah, movie reviews and helping people who suck at their jobs do them well. So that's me. And Tastico. <laughs> uh, we also have the lovely Todd. I would like to point out it's not me that's missing this time, just to be clear. Because it's usually oh. I seem to be the one that falls out. No, Q, Q's fallen out a couple times. Adam's fallen out a couple times. I'm the only one who's always consistently here because I'm the one who does the damn recording. But it, but is it me you're looking for? Hello. Uh, I, I keep saying that to my dog when he looks at me and he looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? So yes, I'm Todd. I'm also here in the Great Salt Lake area. Mostly I stand in Best Buy returning charging cables because I'm an idiot that can't figure out the right one to buy. So, <laughs> yes. You know, you know, next time you want to go there and buy something, I know someone you can talk to. Yeah, maybe oh, a yeah. professional who could help you out with that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I was thinking, I'm like, it's just a charging cable. How hard can this be? Apparently it's harder than I'm equipped to deal with. So oh, no. My, my friend that. who works there, they oh. see him all the time because everyone gets the wrong ones. So trust me, it's, it's, it's a very common issue, apparently. Okay, so Fitbit, fix that shit. Because why <laughs> is there a different kind of charging cable for every single model? It feels like we're back in the days of cell phones when Motorola and Samsung and we're all... Just just go to a standard, Fitbit. It's all your own stuff. Just go to a standard. Or just use the or micro just, USB like everybody. 
Or USB, everything's going to USB-C now, so use that. Something. Just use USB-C. Why does that not make sense? Help me. Obi-Wan. That's me. Okay, so we're uh, grumpy old men bitching about electronics. Uh, <laughs> damn kids and their electronics. Uh, and I am Brian. I am... Get off my lawn. <laughs> I am uh, from, a sound designer from Southern California, uh, and uh, I have some stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to be doing stuff for Lyric. I'm doing a video game called murder comma my friend which they've been posting some really cool um screenshots on their instagram of upcoming stuff there's a, a level i was not aware of but now i have to sound design uh, uh that takes place in uh, like a, a new york city backlot which is looking pretty bitching actually it's like very 1980s gritty you know streets of new york crime kind of thing so which is looking fun um and uh yeah so that's that's coming along as well uh, so this week we are reading Lady Killer, which uh, was my recommendation for the month of uh, what? Super, what were we calling it again? Super Strong em- Women. Uh, something Empowerment Women. Yeah, Women Empowerment Month. That's what we were calling it. There we because go. We, we missed we missed Women uh, Women History Month, or and then we and then I looked it up and it said Women Empowerment Month on some Wikipedia entry. They said you know celebrations in the month of March because looking up stuff. And I haven't been able to find that again, so maybe I just was delusional at the time. But so we're either like just kind of making up our own thing, we're a month off, or it really is Women Empowerment Month. Either way, we're doing all uh, strong female-centered characters in this uh, this month. This book is relatively recent. Um, our copy is published in about 2015. Uh, volume two is not supposed to come out until Adam. You said what about September of this year? Uh, like September 17th or 27th or something. It's, it's a while away. Yeah, so, so it's a while away. So. So, I mean, as much as I like the series, apparently they're taking their sweet time and putting out issues. But, uh, yeah, this is from uh, Jolie Jones and Jamie Richard, or Jamie Rich, Jamie S. Rich, sorry. Um, and it's essentially a story of a housewife in the 50s, 60s who uh, is also a, uh, a hired killer uh, who works for uh, some sort of uh, covert operations. And so, um, yeah, so she, you know, drops the kids off at uh, at ballet and then goes and murders someone and then has, uh, has to get home to make sure that dinner is on the table for her husband before he gets home from work. So plays into a lot of the 50s cliches. Uh, I noticed that Todd put himself in as Don Draper because there is very much a Don Draper uh, character uh, on this show, or in, in this book. Uh, we are back to uh, being able to do drinking games. So... Mm-hmm. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver. For this week's drinking game, remember it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously, and above all else, please drink responsibly. I have one. Hopefully Todd has one. I know Adam has one. He just made one up. Mm-hmm. I am calling mine the say that again rule, which is whenever Josie has to ask her mother-in-law to repeat what she said and repeat it in English, take a drink. Adam, do you have a rule? Uh, yeah, mine is the uh, the sexism rule. So every time you see overt sexism, you'd only find like in the 50s, uh, take a drink. And Todd? Well, mine's going to go back to Don Draper. And it's like, huh, I bet Don Draper had a great life back then. <laughs> Take so a drink. Misogynist rule. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. So yeah, I was like, oh, hey, I understand misogyny a little bit here. Take a drink. Yeah. I'm going to hell for that. <laughs> we are going to hell for that. So um, now is uh, we're about to that time. Very quickly, I might add, when we don't have Q distracting us. Apparently, we move mm-hmm. fairly quickly through this. Uh, but, <laughs> the uh, shortest episode on record. <laughs> it might be like, hey, it was good, it was great. We enjoyed this, we enjoyed that, we didn't like into this, we didn't like that. Okay, we're back. Yeah, it, this might be short. Mm-hmm. We might have to really ramble on something else. Uh, fuck, I'm out of practice on this, or I'm just tired. Actually, I will say this. I'm trying to quit caffeine. Uh, like, Coca-Cola is, like, Why would my you drug do that? of choice. And today is like my first full day. Like yesterday, I didn't have any caffeine yesterday, and so today is when the headaches kicked in, and when my brain went to mush. And I always try to quit drinking caffeine when my wife is out of town, so she doesn't want to kill me. And uh-huh. so I'm trying to get this kicked before she comes into town at the end of the week. Uh, so my brain is a little mushy right now. So I might sound like I'm drunk, and uh, but no, I'm just without caffeine right now. Uh, Brian, so, the yeah. answer is black coffee. Yeah, no, I can't. No, it's like it tastes like chocolate. Oh. Like I just can't do it. Like, no, it's, it's good. You know, I will say, what was my kryptonite years ago? There was this Coke Black product. It was kind of nasty, but it was Coca-Cola Black and coffee infused as an energy Red Bull electric. I that love those terrible. things. That sounds you so know, terrible. It, it sounds so bad, and I just drink those like fucking water. I mean, I drink them so much, my stomach got sick. But it's really. That was my gateway into the coffee thing. And now I just, when I have coffee iced or hot, I just do a splash 
of cream, and that's it. I don't add any sugar or any of that shit. Like your, your own homemade cream? <laughs> Bedroom made cream? <laughs> Brad, when Brad Pitt's not available, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, so, I... I yeah. like coffee, but I'm not really a big coffee drinker, just because it never... I mean, I've got a coffee maker, and I go to Starbucks every so often, but uh, at work, we've got... Uh, we have a Keurig maker, and mm-hmm. so this, these last couple weeks where I've been going in at 5 and 6 in the morning to get things prepped for you know for inventory and everything, um, I've been drinking like two, three cups in the morning. <laughs> and then it's really weird, because I, again, as someone who doesn't drink coffee very much, I didn't know if it's just me or if it's everyone, but... Like, every time I pee, it smells like coffee for the next week. And it's really weird. <laughs> so yeah, I also have a Keurig of mine, and I do, like, two or three a day. Almost every day. That's going to kill me if I don't have mine. Yeah, but, well, the, the nice yeah, thing, too, is, it. like, we, uh, you know, because, we, you know, we sell them on the little Keurig cups, and when they expire, they're so good, but we don't sell them because people want them. They'll, they'll bring them back and bitch. Mm-hmm. So what happens? We just go ahead and just you know take them out of the system and then put them in the break room for the employees to use. So it's there's always a huge supply of, of coffee back there for whoever wants it. So, but yeah, I, and every single morning we don't have like I don't have creamer or anything, and it's we've got some of the other flavors like there's like a weird toasted coconut marshmallow that my coworker likes, and I mm. made one of those and like almost wanted to puke. It just tastes like chemicals. So I just do straight up like the dark brew, black coffee, no sugar, nothing, just right and fresh. What you really should try, though, if you have it, is there's a uh, iced coffee one. So you just fill your cup up with ice beforehand and let it brew and drop right in there. It's great. I've done that with the other. They have an iced tea one I've done before. That that does the same thing. So, yeah, that's good. And I like (laughs) the blonde blends because they're more caffeinated than the dark blends. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So if you need your fix, yeah, you get like a veranda blend or something like that. It's like five or six Cokes and like. Eight ounces. Oh. It's See, fantastic. I, I, like, I love the flavor of a really dark blend. Blend. So, like, we've got the. Uh, oh, I can't remember. It's like the Green Mountain Coffee. There's a Caribou Coffee brand we have. Mm-hmm. And all the Starbucks ones. The Starbucks one's kind of fun because it comes with four different types in one box. Oh, that's so you've cool. You've got the blonde. You've got a medium roast, like a breakfast blend, and then you've also got like the the dark roast. So. See, for me, I'm on an Amazon subscription, and that shit just keeps showing up. <laughs> That's how I handle it, and I know my intake and everything. It just shows up at work in a box, so it's a who. And see, so my like, problem with Amazon is that I, I drunk me sends future sober me presents. Yeah. So I'll get see, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's like, oh, thanks, drunk me. I was wondering where that 50 bucks went. <laughs> I, uh, I had an ex-girlfriend who had that same problem, but with uh, Ambien. She would take Ambien but not go to sleep, and so she would stay up and order stuff, and we would just get boxes and boxes of shoes to the house. And if you know me, you know exactly what ex-girlfriend that was, because she always had these crazy shoes. So she would just buy all these shoes. I I just remember her as the one with the bone spur. Oh, yeah? No, that's right. Yeah. 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 I just think of her as the bone spur. That's true. I don't know why I stuck on that one, but I did. So in my mind, this is the bone spur ex-girlfriend. Well, and that—that's exactly who she is because that's part mm-hmm. of why we were to get, like, why we stayed together longer than we probably should have. Um, and it's like, like you things felt were bad necessarily. Because of her bone spur? Well, no, because <laughs> she had to have surgery. I hope she never listens to this, but she had to have surgery. And I kept telling myself that, you know, like the, all the stress she was going through because, like, what the bone spur basically changed her entire life. She wasn't able to do the job she was used to doing. You know, it like really affected a lot of stuff, and that sort of kicked in about a couple months into us dating. And so at that point in time, I sort of just always chalked that up to. You know, like her life being a lot different because of, you know, this bone spur causing issues and whatnot and things being around. So I was kind of like, I didn't want to be the asshole who broke up with her just before, you know, she had to have surgery or whatnot. Well, you know, uh, the the process of having uh, workman's comp go through something takes a long time. And eventually Mm -hmm. I just, we were just not working as a, uh, you know, as a couple at all. So we break up. And then, of course, the surgery gets scheduled for, like, two weeks later. So, of course, I end up being the asshole anyway. So, like, there are people at work who thought I was, like, a total dick because I was, like, I broke up with her right before she had a surgery. And I was, like, dude, I held on as long as I could. Like, I really <laughs> did. But anyway, yeah, so she used to mm-hmm. she used to have lots of shoes. A lot of shoes. Shoes. Um, let's get some shoes. Let's get some Well, and seeing, like, I don't know if I've said it on this show before, but I probably have. A, a lot of my ex-girlfriends get a nickname, and it's given to them by the, the next girlfriend. Like, as you know, <laughs> like, you know, if you start dating somebody, they'll kind of, like, want to know a little bit about your ex or whatever, or, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, like, they just latch onto something. So her nickname that she was given was Shoes. Um, she was just always referred to as Shoes by also a lot of people who I worked with as well who were, just knew her as Shoes even when we were dating. How's that for a tangent? That was that was a decent <laughs> tangent. That was a couple of 
Yeah. Oh, I was going to say also in, involving the coffee thing. I knew that I was not mm-hmm. a coffee drinker, and I don't think it could be a coffee drinker when someone at work was making one of the coffees, you know, out of the machine. We don't have a Keurig, but we have a, something similar, like a bigger industrial one. And mm-hmm. I literally thought it smelled like the worst stinky feet I've ever smelled in my entire life. And I was just like, what is going on? And I didn't realize it was the coffee being made. I'm like, what stinks? And people are not getting what's... I'm like, what is it? And, like, and then I realized, oh, it's their fucking coffee. Just It smelled so awful. It was so bad. But yes, so uh, this point in time where we're going to uh, give you kind of a little bit of a grade, uh, you know, let you know whether or not we would recommend you buying it before we send you off into the ether to read it. Or maybe you've already read it and you're just here to listen to what our uh, thought processes are. But this is the first little clue as to... Uh, what we think of this um, and the grades there's a better system of, than us you know basically giving away what we actually think about it so I'm gonna go with a, a solid B on this I like the book it's a very quick read for me it's solid it's not mind-blowing like if you read it great if you don't read it great it's fun you know what I mean like I don't mm-hmm. your world's not gonna be changed by reading this book and I mean I am interested when the next trade comes out I'm probably gonna buy it because I am interested and I also really like the art there's a lot of things I like about it um, so I'm interested in it but if you're not totally in comics and you're not totally connected to this idea you know if you miss this one it's not the end of the world but if you are interested i think it's a really good solid book todd what are your uh what's your grade you know mine's really similar to that i'll give it a b a b plus even i think the art is what elevates it for as high as it is because the okay. story is rather simplistic but the art's a lot of fun and much like i saw recently saw with adam thank you um kong skull island and my entire review of that movie is, what fun was that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, as much as anything else, the plot only makes as much sense as it needs to. And it's just a whole lot of fun. And with this art, and once again, the story is straightforward. It's good. But it you just watch it and you're like, I want to keep flipping. And I did it enough. I've already pre-ordered for when it comes out in months and months. So it's my own little mini Christmas going, hell yeah, that's out. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so there you go. And uh, Adam, what's your thought? Yeah, I'm sitting right with you around the B. It was a lot of fun. It's a really fast read. I, I think yeah. I read it like in half an hour. Like I would just yeah. One, it's it's it, they're not long books, and the, the whole thing's like 130 pages for five books. Uh, two, and it's it's a lot of really fast paced action. So we, mm-hmm. you, you tend to kind of flip pages fast than you think just because you're kind of going along with it. Uh, and my thing is, I'm a huge sucker for like 1950s propaganda type stuff. Yeah, me too. That's so, part, that's the other part of the reason I love like, this a lot. Yeah, with all the fun stuff in there, like I mentioned, like the casual sexism or the you know, with Todd the Don Draper type stuff. Like, <laughs> I just think that's uh, hilariously wonderful because it's so ass backwards to what we know things should be. Yeah. But it's you know, I just like if you take me back and show me like the old school Looney Tunes where it's you know. Bugs Bunny fighting the Japanese and just horribly over the top racist because it was all propaganda. That stuff mm-hmm. I just find fascinating in history. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. I do want to read the next one. Um, I'm not going to pre-order it because that, it's just digital. So, but no, it, it was it was fun and definitely recommended worth a read. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think that's I think that's solid and. I think that's actually a pretty damn good review on all of us and a pretty good consensus. So, uh, but if you'd like to take the chance to read it, which, like we said, we all liked it. It's just it's a fun, quick read, fun, you know, 20 minutes. I mean, we could probably, uh, you, if you started reading it uh, at the beginning of this episode, you'd probably have it done by now. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> fight over the last month, because even though those books were good, damn, were they heavy. Oh, they were. <laughs> like, that is, and maybe that's part of the reason why this was such a fast read, because it was just like, oh, look, something light and airy and something that doesn't involve Yay! someone dying. Hooray! <laughs> Although people do die in this, but they're they're bad guys, so it all But it's yeah, you don't care about them. Except for the little boy. Fuck that guy. She didn't kill him. <laughs> no, I know, but, but we're, we're not into spoiler territory. We'll take a little bit of break. Here's your opportunity to read the book, and then we'll get into spoiler territory. Sorry about that last one. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press Pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Who the fuck is creme de menthe on rocks? That's gross. I know. That's just so awful. Gross. Where is that? Is that in the book? It's yes. in the, it's in the second book where she's uh, dressed up at like the strip club. And she's yeah, all making right. drinks for him. Yeah, yeah and the, the, the mark asked for creme de menthe on rocks. And you're just I'm like, like I'm, glad you're gonna, I'm glad they're killing you because that's just horrible. That is a crime right there. Like every oh. once in a while, you'll see somebody who has just like a bottle of some sort of mixer and nothing else. And you're like, you don't fucking just drink that shit by itself, do you? Like, I'm I'm really judging you at this point well, in time. You know, in Hebrew they talk about drinking sweet vermouth on the rocks. So, oh, I have yeah, and I have way too much alcohol at my place. I mean, wait, 
way too much alcohol. Way, way, way? There, there's enough to keep me drunk for the next two years, and yet I keep buying it, so I don't know why. But I do. It's a problem. In our case, Jess keeps getting these like really good recipes from her favorite bar, mm-hmm. and so then we buy the very you know obscure ingredients that they go through in a couple days because you know they keep making these drinks. But they sit mm-hmm. here, so like the amount of really interesting and intricate alcohols that we have is is pretty significantly high. Now you know what my problem is. It's still sitting in my email box. So with here in Utah, there's interesting rules on how to buy liquor. Yeah. You've recommended a number of times of Jefferson's Ocean. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, can I get that here in Utah? I'm like, I can order it, uh-huh. but it's an eight-bottle minimum. Oh, really? To order it at all. Yeah, I don't want to spend, what is it, something like $500 or something like that to get the eight bottles of what I'm it would take to buy here in Utah. And I'm just like... drive up in uh, April. Um, okay. So... If you want me to pick some stuff up for you, just let me know what you want me to pick up, and I'll drive it up for me for you. Because like it's just, I wouldn't mind flying with it, but it's just like I've had bottles break in my bag before. So, and I don't want to check a bag when I'm coming out for Comic Con. But yeah, if there's stuff you want me to pick up from out here, both of you, like let me know, and I'll, I'll drive it up. I'll smuggle alcohol into uh, into Utah. Woo! I'll be my own little. Just like your, just like your brother kid smuggled alcohol out of Utah to me, which was some of the funniest damn things ever. And so. you know that just made my week. <laughs> It really did, because he had no clue, and I love my brother kid with all my heart, but he is such a goody little two-shoes. He's the kind of guy that if he knew what it was, they would pull over just to dump it out. So the fact I made it bring him to you and he didn't know at the time just makes me happy. It still makes me happy. Well then, uh, so uh, we'll jump in now. I mean, I guess... Uh, since there is no queue, I know who's gonna do this. Dun dun dun! It's not flaccid. Does anybody want to volunteer to do the lightning round? Do you want me to do it? I volunteer you as tribute. Okay, as I will volunteer. tribute. It's Brian. <laughs> I volunteer. Okay, so here we go. Lightning round begins. So you start out with uh, our main character, who introduces herself as Mrs. Anderson, but she's not actually Mrs. Anderson, uh, going and uh, finding this woman with a bunch of yappy dogs. Turns out this woman was a spy at some point in time, and she has to be killed. So uh, our main character, uh, so far we know her as Mrs. Anderson, but that's not a real name. She ends up going through a big, huge battle and kills her and gets some blood on her dress and is very upset that she got some blood on her dress. Flash to her at home. Uh, she has two little girls who are adorably dressed up as Indians who are shooting little arrows uh, around. Oh, racism. Some little uh, 1950s racism for you. Uh, who's, it's like, just p- cowboys and Indians. Come on, it's good, clean fun. Wait, with the, with the feather or the dog? Yeah, so she's like, uh, get cleaned up. She's basically making dinner for uh, her husband when uh, he gets home. Of course, he comes home like the good 1950s sitcom housewife. Her uh, mother says something in German. She asks what she means. And of course, uh, she has to ask uh, her to repeat it, take a drink. Uh, so they end up having. <laughs> Uh, dinner. She gets a phone call uh, for someone to come, uh, basically for her to meet somebody. She acts like it's the wrong number and so she basically says no, she's not going to answer the phone. Uh, later they're having dinner. Uh, a guy named Peck shows up who is sort of the Don Draper of the show who is acting as if he is a plumber. They go out, they have a, a conversation about another job that's supposed to be happening and the mother-in-law spies on her. thinks she knows what's going on, probably is assuming she's having an affair and uh, she is uh, told that she's going to be going and doing a hit on a mob boss at essentially like a Playboy type club uh, uh, which is called the Kit Kat Club. You next see her as a cocktail waitress in a very sexy little outfit. Next issue, uh, she's the cocktail waitress. Some guy orders creme de menthe on the rocks, so of course he must die. Uh, she leaves him a note saying, meet me in the coat room. She goes to the coat room. She kills the fucker. Uh, Peck shows up again. Well, there's like four pages I can just say with he kills, she kills the fucker. Peck shows up. Uh, he says that the boss wants to sit down with her. They get him into a taxi. They take the dead body away. So she has to sit down with the boss. The boss basically says, hey, look, you know, is it going to be a problem trying to schedule things with you having this kid she says it's not a problem he says i think it is blah 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 so basically you have this conflict of you know her trying to keep her home life and her work life separate he gives him her uh, next assignment uh she heads home you know the neighbors are watching the kids uh, and as she's uh, taking care of the kids, she realizes that she has been assigned to kill a small child. She then uh, tells her husband in bed that night she's going to go visit her sister, which is her cover for her going to uh, kill uh, this kid. So next you see them at a tiki party at their house. Um, little girls are sitting there watching. She sends them to her bed. Uh, she has a little bit of a confrontation with her mother-in-law about um, her mother-in-law, you know, kind of starting to think that she knows that she is a uh, doing, you know, fooling around or whatever. 
flash to the boss's office. The boss has Peck in there, who is acting like James Bond. Gives Peck his assignment, which is to kill our main character. So, of course, he is sort of torn on it, but because he's an asshole, he's probably going to do it. You see our main character, Josie. She is at this little boy's house. She chases him up the stairs and, uh, like, it basically gets in the house and then acts like she's going to kill him, decides that she can't kill him, tells him, you know, sorry, your parents are dead, good luck. She goes back into her car. She's upset. She's about to leave. Peck shows up. Uh, they have a big car chase, and he pulls a, a gun on her. Uh, so then Peck is about to try to kill her. She fights back in the car. Then a uh, local farmer shows up with a gun, thinking that Peck's about to rape her. He's about to shoot him. Peck turns the gun. Like Josie gets away. Peck takes the gun, shoots it, uh, shoots the old timer. Uh, Josie leaves, uh, uh, steals Peck's car and leaves. Leaves the car in front of the school. Calls a nosy little neighbor lady who lives in front of the school and says, if anyone comes to drive that car away, let me know. So then she's at home, she's flirting with her husband. She tells her husband that she had problems with her car, so she's taking uh, her husband's truck to uh, take the little girls to ballet. As she's about to leave, she gets a phone call from the nosy old lady that the car has been moved. So she goes screaming around. The girls are having a great time being in the middle of a car chase, unbeknownst to them, but they actually are in a car chase. So they end up going and following Peck to a Chinese restaurant where they try to get ice cream even though they don't serve ice cream, so they order fortune cookies, which I thought was very random. So then, of course, uh, Josie realizes that uh, Peck's, one of his contacts is one of the waitresses at this restaurant, so she pulls a knife on her, says we want to meet. Meets her up later at the docks, they fight. Josie basically says, look, I've been betrayed and I'm, you know, going to try to get revenge. She says, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to need some help. So basically go and they find this old man assassin who, what is his name? His name is Irving. So they find Irving, and uh, and they find out that uh, Peck is going to be at the World's Fair from 1960s, which if you've ever seen uh, the Elvis Presley movie, It Happened at the World's Fair, that's the same World's Fair. It's where the Space Needle came from in Seattle, which is where I went on my honeymoon, which is why I know all this useless shit. Anyway. Cool town. Uh, it's a great town. It's, uh, she's acting as a volunteer for this. Um, her husband and kids are there. Uh, she, as a volunteer, kind of looks like a NASA cadet kind of thing. She spies uh, that Peck is there. Uh, they basically take a chase after him. Her husband and her brother-in-law stay and watch the kids. She's chasing him down through the hallways to get into a big old knife fight. She kills lots and lots of people. Then uh, the boss who had her killed is sort of in this like secretive safe zone, like dome kind of thing. Uh, Josie sneaks up on him, somehow lures him out of the uh, dome, which I've never quite figured out how that is. I've read that twice and can't figure out why he leaves his little safety zone, but whatever. So they start to fight and she ends up, you know, using a uh, his burning cigar to uh, burn his eye and then stabs his hand, keeps him there and then leaves him with Irving. So then uh, she goes chasing after Peck. Uh, oh no, sorry. The waitress that they knew from before, she is fighting Peck. And then Josie shows up in order to help and shoot uh, shoot Peck. Her mother-in-law sees it, realizes what kind of woman she is, and basically says, you know, she, remember, she remembered Irving as a spy from the war. So Grandma obviously knew something about the war. Uh, you flash and you see that the uh, the big bad guy has been has been killed. And then of course you flash to um, another uh, Avon lady trying to stop this time, trying to stop and get uh, Josie to let her in. And Josie slams the door because she knows she's about to be uh, murdered by this girl. And you find out that Josie's going to start up her own business and uh, become a the the boss of a new group of assassins. The end of the first trade. Uh, yes. Dun, dun, that's about dun. fair. How, how fast did I do that? I don't know if I did that as fast as Q. Dun, dun, dun. It was so. good though, man. Way yeah, to go. Yeah, okay. You covered all the big points and um, even some yeah. of the small ones and some of the useless facts. So it's kind of a strange thing, and it's actually a very hot topic of conversation at the point in time when which we record it in pop culture. Is when I first read this book, I really liked it, but I almost didn't recommend it because of the images of Josie in like the the sexy suit and whatnot, uh, because I thought that that might have been counterproductive. But then, of course, there's currently been this conversation with um, Emma Watson regarding yeah. you know her still being able to be a feminist and be sexy. And I had said I sort of just said let's man up and just well just we'll just do this anyway, and I'll deal with mm-hmm. whatever backlash there is from that. So I mean that's the I mean but the thing is. I'm torn on it because it is part of that 1950s ideal and there is no reason why she can't necessarily be completely sexy and be like a kick-ass hero as well mm-hmm. but it did feel like a little counterintuitive to be trying to pick books on women empowerment and then have a basically a, a pin-up image at one point in time of her essentially looking like a, you know a playboy model but I was curious to get y'all's perspective on that sort of issue as well so I've got a couple of thoughts which is really, really really funny because literally not an hour after finishing reading this book yesterday my buddy mm-hmm. said you need to go watch this trailer for this movie called Atomic Blonde. Okay. And Atomic Blonde, is, it's about Charlize Theron. It's, a, it's like John Wick, but she it's a girl. And okay. she's a, a badass, uh, you know, assassin. She takes a punch to the best of them and gives it right back. And like, But there's this, a very, very sexy scene in the middle where she, you know, she's pretty much stripping down and hooking up with this other girl because that's her mark. And like, mm-hmm. oh, I see you've met her. You, you got to know her. And she's like, well, of course I did. I fucking had to. 
Yeah. So it makes it makes the point that you can still be sexy and you can still be a strong per, a strong character, uh, and that the two are not mutually exclusive ideas. But it's it's really funny because this movie Atomic Blonde looks like if obviously not the same time period as this, but to be reading a book about a female hitman or hitwoman, I guess, and then you know see this movie coming out, which is pretty much the same story. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. the other one was, you know, uh, back when the they did the, the Killing Joke, the the, the animated movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they gave a lot of shit for bat, the scene where Batgirl hooks up with Batman, and mm-hmm. people were freaking out like, oh, you know, it's she's a strong female character, why is she doing this, blah blah blah, and so then Tara Strong, who's the voice of the character, the people were giving her crap on Twitter. She's like, you know, why did Batgirl want to have sex with Batman, this and that, and she's like, uh, because she's a grown woman and that's what she wanted. Yeah. It's like right. you, the, the whole idea with uh, the whole idea that you cannot be sexy and still be a strong female character is bullshit in my opinion because that's like saying, I mean, you'd never tell us to be like, oh hey, dude, there's this guy over here and he can't be a strong male figure if he takes his shirt off. You know, it's it's almost like it's it in of itself is almost sexism to say like, well, you can't be sexy and show off your tits and not be a strong woman. I'm I'm almost wondering though if it's actually if I, I feel like at least in my perspective and I could be completely wrong is it's not so much a reaction to that individual character. I think it's a reaction to a long-standing precedent of women only being allowed to be a sex symbol in a movie and not necessarily be smart or be strong. I guess it's like it, when there's such a culture of women being portrayed in that way that when they do show up in that way but they're also being showed up in another way I think it's almost a little bit hard culturally for the you know hive mind to comp- like consider that you can do both. You know what I mean? If that makes sort of sense. And I think in my mind it was sort of that same reaction of like I'm reading this going you know like I was liking the fact that she was you know a kick ass very smart serial mm-hmm. killer who was really good at her job. And, but some of that imagery, although it is appropriate for the time, almost makes me harken back to, you know, all of those movies where women are essentially, you know, just the sexy lamp kind of thing. And so I think it's, I, th- I think it's more of a cultural reaction rather than a specific story reaction. And I think that that's where the move needs to go is to pay attention to the way the character is in the story. So like you're saying, the Charlize Theron movie, whereas she is a very strong, I'm assuming good assassin in the story, she can be sexy and be that strong character. So what it needs to be is not that the women can't be sexy in the films, but the women also need to be strong. Or like the characters at least need to be written as I mean, strong or smart or at least interesting or different in their own way. Like, the character needs to be fleshed out, and then they can also be sexy. It's just the... I think the cliché has just been there for so long that that's what the reaction is to. Is, is my thought. I don't know how... I mean, if, if I'm kind of on the mark or not. Well, you're close there. What I really enjoy... And really, one of the big questions here is you go to the, what, Kit Kat Club? Where mm-hmm. she's dressed up in this cat suit. And she's yeah. very much preying on that ideal of, oh, if you have this amazing-looking body, then there's not a much upstairs. Yeah. And by doing that very thing is what allows her to take advantage and pounce on the situation, per se. Yeah. To take the guy out. So you do have this situation, and she's going, oh, there is this stereotype of this. And she plays up that stereotype to then turn it on its head and to then even kill the guy in this regard. So I think it recognizes it, but at the same time, it does it. Like, and even related to it, in each chapter or issue, there's like at the front cover page, there's this little piece of artwork, like it's like classic, oh, like Dawn soap or something you should be buying type of a deal. And it's turns it on its head because it's like oh it's style enough stylish enough for her roomy enough for everyone else yeah. and you're expecting this like car commercial kind of deal and what it shows her is you've got this woman dressed to the nines in the donna reed dress with this dead bleeding corpse sitting in the trunk of the car yeah i love those things i think those are I, great. I, these are absolutely great and i love them in that regard, and this is where the art, in a lot of ways, really elevates it. Because you have the question of, oh, these are old ideals and we shouldn't be enjoying this. But at the same time, it's being enjoyed because it's kind of taking those ideals and then very much flipping it on its head. Because you've got the husband, who's the, quote, provider, yeah, bringing everything in. And yet you have this wife that seems to be dancing circles around her. And the only other one that's got a clue is the husband's mother. While the husband seems to be an absolute ignorant bliss and her other dalliances. All the men in this book seem to be the dumbest people in this book. They do, don't they? The men are really dumb. It's like you're watching a commercial of like how to wash clothes and the guy has no clue. Top of the deal. (laughs) And that's what you're watching here. And also at the same time, it is, I mean, 
you're talking about it. It is drawn and written by what's her name, jo- Joelle Jones. Yeah. And so she she is the artist for this as well as the writer for this, and it's very much the same as Emma Watson was saying about well, feminism means I can do what I want when I want, mm-hmm. and this is just a exploration of that. It's just set. 60, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, this is very much a piece of our current times with a later, with an old setting, because this story written in that time period would never have occurred. Yeah. So I really, I mean, it was a lot of fun, and I have to give her a lot of credit for this, because I think it's awesome. And once again, it's the, it's the combination. The story was pretty straightforward, and it was the art that sold it. In this mm-hmm. regard, if it was done by people that were not so quite in tune with what it was going to be, this could have come out, come off as very uh, a bad tone really easily. But I really think it's held it pretty well. So congratulations, Miss Jones, because it's awesome in that regard. <laughs> uh, Adam, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, you guys, you pretty much hit this on the head. I mean. You know, it's kind of funny you mentioned the, the whole you know the sexy lamp test uh, mm-hmm. because you know in going back to that stereotypical 1950s view of a woman yeah that would if she was at the kitty cat club and was wearing that outfit of like the little devil thing in the you know the boobs popping out and everything mm-hmm. I mean yeah you could put a sexy lamp there and that would that would take the place um, but unless a sexy lamp knows how to lure someone away from like almost like a it's almost like watching like a like a nature documentary where you see like the you know there's a bunch of zebras and the and a lion's trying to lure one away and then eventually pounces on it and gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that's literally what she does. She she pounces out of the roof mm-hmm. and yeah. gets him. So you know the, the moment that it became more interesting as far as the sense that uh, you know, she was very much in control of her own destiny and was purposely acting that way, knowing that it would get the response she wanted because men are stupid. Yeah. Uh, you cease becoming the sexy lamp and you become that more fully fleshed out character. So, yeah. uh, as much as, yeah, we can, we can sit here and discuss whether or not, you know, she was more playing the sex pot than she was the, the cunning huntress. Uh, I think she was both. And I think that was a good thing that she was both. So no, but again, it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, the, it was really great with, again, having a strong female lead who can kick some ass and take some names. Uh, and it was like you know, it's kind of like you know, Laura Croft in Tomb Raider. She can do all that and look fabulous while doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for the new games, because the new games are gritty and amazing and realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and the people who made those are now making a, a Marvel game, Avengers game for for the PS4. So that should be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it it was nice, and it was it's not a heavy read. It's something you can kind of you know go through pretty quickly. Uh, but again, it's something you you kind of want to go back through again and look at it slowly because what I said before is you're you're kind of paging through quickly because it's action bam 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 and you know it's they're very kinetic frames the way the art goes and it flows so nicely from you know page to page but then you kind of want to go back and look at it again slower to see what you missed because you're going to miss out on some dialogue or some really cool art shots mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. everything else so no it, it was a lot of fun like I, it's, I'm excited to read the new one and uh, I really wish it wasn't you know six months away <laughs> so that I also have a, a cocktail I want to throw in for this uh, my mm-hmm. logic behind picking this cocktail is is that they do have a, a tiki cocktail party um, and so and because the rise of tiki culture really was right in tune with that 1950s sort of culture and a lot of what's going on here and of course because she is the mother of two pretty adorable and rambunctious little girls who uh, even the fact that they are you know shooting the dog with a, a rubber arrow leads me to believe that they have a certain amount of uh, skills that they've developed from their mother or they've gotten from their mother that they might be trouble at some point in time in the future. Uh, So the drink I picked was the Bahama Mama, which is a a classic tiki cocktail and it has mom in it. So, you know, it was great. So this actual recipe is a quarter ounce of coffee liqueur. Typically it's Kahlua. Half ounce of dark rum, half ounce of coconut liqueur, a quarter ounce of 151 or other high proof rum, uh, juice of half a lemon, uh, four ounces of pineapple juice, and a strawberry or cherry for garnish. Personally, I like strawberry better. Uh, you pour all the ingredients into a cocktail shaker, you fill with ice, you shake well, and you pour into a Collins glass with uh, cracked ice, and you garnish with a strawberry. You can also do a blended one where you can uh, put it on ice and, and blend it all together as well and make it sort of more like a smoothie, which is what I you know, typically imagine having like in Hawaii or something like that. Uh, does anybody else have some cocktails they would like to throw into the mix? Uh, yeah, I do. And this one, actually, mm-hmm. I think, uh, Brian, your wife might like because it has egg whites. I know how much she likes the whole egg white. She loves egg whites. So anyway, so I'm calling this one the Killer Queen. Uh, and what you do is it's uh, one and a half ounces of a dark ruby red port, 
one ounce of cognac or brandy, one ounce of dark creme de cacao liqueur, uh, three teaspoons of confectioner sugar, otherwise known as powdered sugar, uh, and then one fresh raw egg white, and a third of a cup of uh, crushed uh, ice. You put all that in a blender, you blend it until it's all nice and mixed up and frothy, and then you pour it into a cocktail glass and you garnish with a small pinch of cinnamon. Yeah, I've had something similar to that, but I, yeah. Jess is the one that's experts on those. Like she will go for a uh, like an egg white drink, like off the drop mm -hmm. of a hat. I normally taste hers and really enjoy them, but I just I don't know. I don't, I've had just one or two that I'm like I don't want to finish that. That I, I wouldn't actually order that as well. But Todd, do you have a cocktail for us this week? I do, and mine's on a similar bit as Adam. So how's that for a theme? But I'm just going with the classic whiskey flip in its entirety. Oh, so. right. yeah. Yeah, it's three ounces of whiskey. Um, take your pick, but I bet that silver oat from High West would be amazing, by the no. way. It, it got drained yeah. at a birthday party. Oh, did it? Yeah, I yeah. still have some. It's good. Well, I was going to bring over the uh, the nice stuff, like the 16-year-aged, the but uh -huh. I was like, no, that one's that, that's going to stay home for like, my nice... Uh, that's for daddy. That's, mm. that's for daddy. That's his cough medicine. So I brought that over there, and I completely forgot about it when we went home, and then I think there's like two shots left now. But it was very much enjoyed. So people people who don't even like whiskey liked it. So See, and that's what's great about it. So about three ounces of, let's go with that silver oat whiskey. And then um, a whole egg, a teaspoon of sugar, and two teaspoons of heavy cream, optional where it comes from. So take your pick, guys. Um, half crush of ice and nut bag. You put it all in a shaker and you shake the shit out of it. And you pour it in your drink and then you enjoy. But it's just a whiskey flip in that regard. Sounds great. I mean, does anybody have any final thoughts? I mean, we kind of all seem to be really pretty much on the same page, which I almost wonder if that is implying that this the book is actually very successful in trying to get across what it wants to get across. It's a, mm -hmm. a book that's essentially taking 1950s ideals and, uh, you know, sort of flipping on them, flipping them on their head and also has a really strong, you know, female assassin character who is still trying to fit into that. And the, the one thing I think is interesting, and I, I was kind of curious as to other people's thought processes, is... And a lot of times when you see stories like this, they're using the housewife idea as like a cover, whereas mm -hmm. this one, this seems to be really part of what she wants out of life. She wants to be able to have both, which mm -hmm. I thought was actually a very interesting change as well, and I thought was actually part of one of the cooler elements of this, and what almost maybe makes her a little bit of a stronger character than some others, because it's not like she's trying to hide out as a lovely housewife. She really wants to try to make all aspects of her work and her life, you know, uh, work life, like her work life and her home life all work together, uh, which is, I mean, I think a challenge for everyone, not, you know, just necessarily male or female in the 1950s or not, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, but that was another aspect of this I really liked. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it's a good solid, like I would give it an A because I think it's really fun. I think the art's really great, but it's not like something that's going to change your life, but it is a really mm. good, fun way to kill 20 minutes, you know? Um, and uh, I really enjoy it, and I am curious to see where it's going to go from here. Todd, what are your final thoughts? So, I think the name of Josie as a girl's name is so <laughs> underrated, and it's just a cool name. I'm just like, oh, you're named Josie? I should be friends with you, because that's just a fucking cool name. <laughs> and it really should make a comeback. I'm not sure how big it ever really was, but Josie's a great name. And I always think of the uh, Blink-22 song. Yep, yep. There's that too. But well, you just and that is the song about the ideal girlfriend, like the the girlfriend that doesn't exist is is Josie, which I think is interesting. Sure, and it goes along to play with it. But at the same time, I mean, that really sums up the book in a lot of ways too. It's like, dude, this thing is just fucking cool, and she just. What's the greatest thing about this main character all in all of everything? She's trying to make it work, but she's just doing her. I mean, she just oozes with the self-confidence. She does pull the wool over her husband and makes me wonder on their relationship there. It's more, it seems more like a puppy dog relationship she has with him than anything else for how much she's fooling him. But at the same time, though, she is just, I mean, she is in charge of her life and she's doing what she wants to do and she's trying to make it work. But, and you got it, she's like, you just have this whole attitude of, I've got this, I can do this. Like, why are you doing this? Like, because I want to. This is how it's going to work, and I'm going to look good doing it because I want to do that too. And I'm like, that's awesome. So it just makes me, as I read this, I want to read what's coming on and I coming beyond this, and I'm just cheering her on. And it's not deep at yeah, all, it's really. Fun, but it's fun. But it's fun, and I'm just cheering her on, and I'm just like, you know, that's great. Thank you for a wonderful way to pass a little bit of time. Adam, what are your thoughts? <laughs> you guys have kind of all summed it up. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, a fun, it's fun. It's nice to get away from, like I said, kind of the heavy stuff we've been doing. And mm -hmm. it's it just really neat to, like, again, I'm a huge fan 
of that time period of the whole just everything about it so it, when I saw what it was and what, see I didn't realize it was like a, time, a period piece I thought it was just modern day like you know housewife goes out and kills people kind of like serial mom or something like that mm-hmm. um, so I was really, really happy because I'm also kind of in my assassin's uh, phase right now because I can't stop watching John Wick oh nice so, <laughs> so this is like, I saw it for the first time last night actually Oh, really? The yeah, I had never seen the first John Wick, and I saw it last night and loved it. Oh, so it's so one, good. The second so one good. is so much fun. Like, Todd was my date for that one, and we just oh, had yeah. the whole time going, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're a big fan uh, of uh, Bruce Lee, there's a the ending is a huge homage ooh. to After the Dragon. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's a quick read. Uh, I think it's something that everyone would enjoy. Uh, not for the kids, because it's you know it's about killing people, uh, but yeah, just go out there and sometimes it's nice to have a book that you don't have to worry about like diving into to understand you know what the what is the meaning behind the way this word is lettered and shaded and blah 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 and just have fun with something. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy to forget that we call them funny books for a reason. Like the yeah. other, they're meant <laughs> yeah. to be fun. So, but yeah, yeah no, we, I, I, last I month was way too serious. This is a nice palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Uh, so uh, I'm going to drop my first recommendation uh, or my recommendation for uh, this week. Um, I've recently discovered it. I've heard some good things from various people, and I was flipping through Netflix just looking for something new and different to watch, and I've become completely obsessed with uh, a, this TV show called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is awesome. It is, uh, it's a musical. There's at least two musical numbers in almost every episode, and uh, it's this woman who is... Uh, it starts out, you see her like having like, sort of this summer sort of fling at a summer camp with this guy she's in love with him he dumps her just at the end of camp and he goes to move on with her life flash forward to her in new york her mom's essentially taken over life and run her like basically told her all the stuff to do and she's about to become a partner at a major law firm and she happens to bump into this guy that she has you know been obsessed with for so long and was in love with and he tells her that he's given up the life in new york and he's going to back move back to west covina california which uh also has a lot of funny references to it so she decides that she's going to give up on her new york life and move to west covina california and so of course she's overly qualified to get a job at this law firm and so because she can basically do what she needs to do in her sleep, she ends up spending a lot of her time trying to win back her uh, ex-boyfriend. And uh, the thing I love about it is, is it has some really great, brilliant moments that uh, are very kind of real, even though they're musical numbers. Like there's a great song in the first episode where she's talking, like it's the getting ready song. And it talks about like all the shit that women put themselves through to try to look pretty, right? And she goes through the whole thing. And the two things I love about this moment of uh, this song this is this whole song about like all the spanks and the makeup and the like teasing of hair and plucking of eyebrows and all this sort of stuff and then at the end of it she walks out to you know uh get in the car with uh, her date and he's like wow you look amazing she goes oh me i just woke up from a nap like total bullshit but the other thing i really love and it's like one of the best jokes in the first uh episode if you ask me is mm-hmm. so they're doing this song uh, and they have this guy who comes in who is obviously supposed to be like the guest rapper on the song because it's kind of like a poppy kind of song. And then all of a sudden he's looking around the bathroom and like this because all the music, all the musical numbers kind of end up becoming semi music video ish, which is fine but fun. And he's looking around. He's like, "You seriously did all this to yourself?" He goes, "That's some serious patriotic, uh, patriarchal bullshit." I have to, you know, really think about my life choices. And like, so this rapper is just like suddenly like looking at what torture women put themselves through to look good, and is feeling horrible about his life. And so at the end of the episode, you have like all these voicemail messages that this rapper has left all these women who were like uh, in music videos and whatnot. And he's just like, "I'm really sorry. I made you wear that gold bikini and this whatever. Like, I've really changed about my life, and I've just read the feminine mystique, and I would really love to discuss it with you at some point in time." And like, it's just like this rapper is completely changed his view after seeing like this poor woman's bathroom just destroyed by her trying to get it it's great so i love it i think it's a lot of fun and considering we're doing strong female characters she is a crazy character but the fact that she's writing and directing and running her own tv show um i think is great and it's a lot of fun and i'm i know they just got reviewed for a third season they're not doing great in the ratings but they are like the critics are really liking it and it is really fun and the netflix deal actually uh kind of helped it out as well but uh i i really enjoyed it i thought it was really really fun so uh that's my recommendation for this week todd do you have a recommendation i do so i was home alone since my wife is uh in san diego having a great time no, my, i'm home alone but my wife's in florida in florida yeah. so um i turned on the netflix special mike burbiglia thank god for jokes that's great that's really good it's really, really good. It's yeah. funny. He has this whole thing about how he set up this joke with this filmmaker, and he just pissed the filmmaker off to no end. And he's just like, nah, but it's a great joke. 
Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. And it was totally worth it, even though yeah. I might deep six myself. Still worth yeah. it. Did I tell you I just saw him at the, the Irvine Improv a little while ago? Yeah. Yeah, he's great. That's cool. Yeah, yeah so it was, it was really amusing. It's, Mike Birbiglia, he calls himself a niche comedian, and I suppose yeah. he is, but he really is, he's yeah. great. He's funny. One of the things I love about Mike Birbiglia in general is just kind of the way his process works. Is like He develops a routine, mm-hmm. he does it on uh, like as a one-man Broadway show or whatever, and then tours it, either as a Broadway show or as a stand-up comedy, or at one point in time, he actually made a film called uh, Sleepwalk With Me. He actually made it uh-huh. like a, an independent film as well. I so then, then yeah, he yeah. And then he starts over another another routine. You know what I mean? So, like, when I saw him, I've seen him, like, in three different stages. Because I saw him just after he had made Sleepwalk with me. Um, he was sort of touring and stumming, so, still using some of his old material, but hasn't completely developed new material yet. And then the next time I saw him it was the tour of, and this one's also on um, Netflix. I think it's My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Which um, I saw that one. That's the one about the car accident, right? I don't know. Whichever yeah. one's about the car accident, the whole backdrop, backdrop is, like, this chalkboard where he's overanalyzed this, this this, this thing. I saw him on that tour, and then I just recently saw him. Um, thank God for jokes. Just he just finished that, and that's just about to release. And so he's out there, you know, touring around, working on new material to build up his next special. Which uh, I mean, if you see his work, it's, it's very much about him becoming a father. Which is I didn't even know he was a dad. Uh, but uh, it's actually it's some pretty fun stuff. But uh, yeah, like just that whole process. Very similar to kind of what Pat Oswald does, where Pat Oswald will build a routine, record it. And then start over with new con- uh, con- uh, content, and that's sort of what. Uh, and so I've actually saw them both within a week of each other, and they're both great. But yeah, that thank God for jokes was amazing. It's really good. Uh, Adam, do we give you enough time to come up with something? I, I got nothing this week. I'll, I'll think of I'll think of two things for next week. Wow, pretty much yeah. shame, <laughs> shame. <laughs> I need to put the shame belt on here as a drop so I can use it. Next week, I think it's your recommendation, Adam, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, Miss Marvel, yeah. Which, I, Marvel. which I'm excited to read because it's, it's it's funny because we're talking about books we should have read as well and that's one that's been mm-hmm. on my list for forever yeah because um, I've read I've read some other stuff in it but I've never read the first trade so I'm excited to yeah. jump into that one and so I would give you a synopsis but I'd be fully talking out of my ass instead of just halfway talking out of my ass like I always am I read it about the same time I read Lady Killer originally because I was looking for strong female books part of the reason why I recommend Lady Killers is because Adam took Miss Marvel uh, but basically <laughs> it is um, but I, I'm still happy with this book I, I like it a lot but uh, yeah. but uh, yeah it's a, it's essentially it's a girl in uh, New Jersey who um, ends up dis- developing powers and basically becomes the next Miss Marvel um, the first book kind of it's a simple little story it starts it doesn't really delve into like her eventually becoming a full-blown superhero but it's a lot of her it's a lot of origin story stuff it's a lot of her kind of discovering her powers but it's fun for someone like me who doesn't have necessarily a lot of exposure to Muslim culture Muslim religion um, it has some good you know good insights into that without being like either making fun of it or browbeating belief system and it's just sort of like a sort of like a you know if you like Todd and I raised Mormons, sort of like just the the standard cultural things you're used to. And, well, but you know what I mean. Like, like there's the you know there's the actual belief system that is is on the press, but there's also like the you know you go to church and you talk to these people about this random shit. You know what I mean? Like, there, it's that sort of like that thing, like what the actual day to day life stuff is like. Mm-hmm. It, it has a little bit more of that kind of thing to it. Um, but so yeah, but I think it's I think it's actually really pretty fun. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. it's also not I mean, compared to the stuff we read last month. Nothing is nearly as fucking heavy, uh, except for maybe Watchmen. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 probably a little heavier than what we had this week, but not that much. So it's it's a fun book. I actually really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that'll be good. So we will have that next week. Does anybody else have anything last minutes? Speak now, forever. Hold your peace. My peace is held. Wow. That just sounds dirty, though. It does, it yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.